outside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kohler Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom, digital guru for Somerset CCC, Ben Warren, the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson, and under somewhat false pretenses, as I did claim it was our 100th episode tonight, and a special occasion, but in fact it's our 99th episode, I did miscount, but... Uh, a very warm welcome, making his always look on the bright side of life debut to a Somerset CCC captain, Tom Abel. Uh, welcome mm. along, Tom. Thank you. That's quite an introduction. Thanks for having me. That's uh, no worries at all. So I guess we'll, we'll talk about the immediate, uh, what, what's going on today, uh, what's going on tomorrow rather, is uh, Kent at home in the championship. Everything shaping up all right for that one? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, final home game. Uh, so we're all looking forward to it we're pretty intent on trying to finish the season well uh, there's obviously a couple of injuries this time of year um, I think obviously Craig's had to pull out of um, the the England series against Ireland so obviously he's not going to be available for us either but now generally speaking the guys are fitting well in a pretty good place and as I say yeah, we're pretty keen to, to play some good cricket to finish the season Yeah it's been a bit of a, a shame with injuries really I mean it you never want to go into a match looking at the weather for it. It looks pretty dire for days two, three, and four at least. So, I mean, that would give give us the points that we needed to mathematically be safe from relegation, I guess. But I, I suppose you want to go out with a uh, with a win. And also, bearing in mind that Kent do need to win as well, they're going to be forcing a result or doing their absolute best to. You in the mood for a bit of dealing over the next few days? <laughs> uh, do you know what? Obviously, with the way sort of cricket's gone and. Um, it's happened like a few, it's obviously been a contentious issue a number of times over the summer but of course we've got to do what's right um, for us and right by Somerset and you know our record playing in Division 1 is is um, you know one we're very proud of as a club um, but of course we you know we're coming into this week with every intention to try and play well and win um, so that's where our mindset is obviously the weather's completely out of your control but um yeah, I mean, we obviously we want to be playing Division One cricket uh, first and foremost. That's our priority, and I think probably halfway to, or just before the Surrey game, I think that was a pretty key game um, when we played Surrey at home because at that point, I think if we if we could have beaten them at home, you know, that would have sort of put us within probably about twenty points of of the top of the table. Whereas obviously, as it was, we didn't play well enough that week, and I think with that probably went our chances. Um, in Division 1 so yeah obviously coming into this month we were sort of mid-table and um, wanted to try and finish as high as we can obviously we had a disappointing result against Hampshire and um, so now yeah I guess our sort of priority is making sure that, that we're in Division 1 um, You know, I don't suppose you're able to give us any uh, any early tips on the, on the team news for tomorrow Oh, I wish I could. No, unfortunately, okay, yeah. I can't Just do that. As, as a point of interest, really, how who's sort of got the final say on selection between yourself and 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 Jason Sarge? Is it all Jace? Is it all Sarge? Is it all you, or is it kind of a mixture of the three? Yeah, I mean, the three of us will probably sit down um, in Sarge's office, and 
you know, discuss. You were saying that like you've already sat down, Tom. It's a... <laughs> Never mind. Well, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, we're sort of going into the game with a pretty clear idea of um, how we want to shape up and, you know, the wicket that we want to play on and things like that. Um, Flat. Of course, inevi- well, inevitably, inevit- inevitably, um, sort of, um, when you're talking about team selections, um, to be honest, we generally are on the same page a fair amount of the time. Um, but of course, there's always some sort of um, selection dilemmas that you're not quite clear on, and sometimes you know you you do go into the morning and you you assess conditions in the morning and overheads and things like that, and then you make your your decision. Then, but in a perfect world, we want to try and be clear, sort of going into the game day, um, what our team's looking like, and then you can obviously communicate with players. Um, but yeah, I, I, I generally I'd say the three of us probably have have conversation and debate um but then yeah i would say myself and jace probably um we try and get on the same page when it comes to uh to picking the 11 never easy i might add no definitely not well we always try and pick our 11 for the for the, for the next game and uh i don't we, between us over 99 episodes don't we ever ever got it spot on have we no no <laughs> gibbo keeps putting you at the top of the order aves gibbo keeps having you open in you know, we think is that ship sailed now, or would you be tempted back up the order for the right price? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's obviously something that I've always considered, and to be honest, I'm happy batting wherever. I need to sort of first and foremost, I need to play a bit better myself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd be happy to open if sort of that's that's what the team felt necessary. Um, you might just as well be opening at the moment. You're coming in in the first half dozen overs, game after game after game, aren't you? Oh, I mean, obviously, batting at the top is tough and there's some very strong attacks in Division 1. And, you know, sometimes I think our... Um, or, you know, it includes ourselves. Our expectations can be maybe a touch unrealistic. I, I think earlier in the summer, I remember... Um, Lammers was, I think he was the set, second top. Um, his, he had the second best average in Division One of any opening batsman, only sort of um, bettered by Sir Alistair Cook. Um, and obviously, that he didn't necessarily get the headlines in all the games, but actually did a pretty good job um, up top in, in pretty testing conditions at times early season. So. Um, yeah, it's always sort of trying to maintain um, a degree of balance when it comes to sort of uh, looking at looking at our batting. Um, of course, we all sort of want to be doing better and averaging sort of forty, but you know, um, it is it is tough at the top. Uh, but yeah, I've forgotten what the question was now. To be honest, tell, tell me, Tom, Tom. Do you see Tom? Do you see James Rue as a potential opening bat at some stage in his career? I certainly think he he's certainly got the ability and the temperament, uh, the talent, obviously to to bat anywhere. I think he's proven time after time in all situations. You know he can, he's got the game to to cope with the best bowling and the toughest of conditions. Uh, but of course, you also have to consider as a keeper, it's potentially a lot to ask. And I think when someone someone so young has been particularly. Um, consistent and good batting at six you know you don't always want to sort of mess with that because 
I would say it is a it, it's a different skill set opening the batting. Um, but he does but, play the ball very late, doesn't he? He does, you know, and, and which is something that you need to do if you're opening the innings. Absolutely, and as I say, I certainly think he's got the game. But you know, we want to get the best out of Rui um, individually, you know, because that's only going to help us as a team. So, uh, yeah, I certainly think he's got the game too. But of course, you have to temper that with with what's best for for everyone, really. Great stuff. Uh, while we're talking about uh, about keepers, um, well, we're talking about uh, Steve Davis and Jack Brooks, who've both, uh, well, Steve Davis has announced his retirement the last few days. Um, uh, Jack Brooks, I understand, has been released rather than technically retiring, from what I read uh, read rightly. But um, Steve Davis obviously joined the club uh, in your first season as captain, Tom, back in uh, God, 2017. You should look older if you've been captain for that long. You don't seem to have many crows. I get that but, a um, bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Davos, obviously, fantastic player, world class uh, keeper. Um, you sort of starting your first season as skipper, having Davos behind the timbers. What was that like? And sort of how much of a help was he to you in your first season? Yeah, do you know what? I can't, I can't really speak highly enough of both of them. Um, first year, talking about of Davos, I think he's always been a really close aide of mine and. You know, he's been a huge help to me sort of over the, what, seven or eight years. Um, incredible player, incredibly stylish, real passionate about um, four-day cricket and test cricket. And, you know, that, that's that been pretty infectious in our dressing room. Um, but, yeah, just he's had experiences of obviously international cricket, different clubs, different environments. And, uh, you know... His first few years, I just re- remember sort of being so immersed in his company, and I love talking to him about four-day cricket and you know what it required to be successful. And um, you know, it was sort of through that period, really, when Davos joined the club that I, I think we found a really clear sort of way of playing. Um, we were very consistent in four-day cricket and, and pretty successful. We won a lot of games and Davos was right at the heart of that. And the other thing that probably doesn't get sometimes the recognition is is how incredible his keeping is. Hmm. Um, you know, I can barely think of of a chance that he didn't take. And, you know, when we were playing on spinning witch, wickets, you know, some of his glove work was, you know, hmm. the best you could wish to see. Um so of course you know his his qualities and achievements in the game speak for themselves but you know as a person as a character as a teammate uh just absolutely incredible um again very passionate very caring guy um real central figure in the dressing room everyone sort of gravitated towards him and you know he will be a massive miss uh of course we've been very fortunate to have Rui sort of take over because it was always going to be a massive pair of shoes to fill um, but Rui seems to have started all right. Um, and Brooksy, yeah, again, what an incredible character. Um, incredible bowler. Again, just, you know, one of the funny, funniest people you could ever wish to meet. And I think you'll look back and you'll think of the times you shared with Brooksy in the changing rooms. And, you know, there'll be some of your fondest memories of playing. Again, I think he's he really sort of brought an incredible desire particularly in sort of four day cricket where he's had the majority of his success and he's had a lot of success you know winning in four day cricket winning championships and 
um, that was incredible for us to acquire that and to be honest he's bowling incredibly well and um, again we'll be super sad to see him go but he certainly left his mark on, on us as a group and individually he's, he's made a massive impact I don't think I've ever seen a professional cricketer enjoy themselves during championship cricket as much as I have Jack Brooks whether it was the yeah, the, I mean, the, the, we did have a question from the listeners about what is your favourite Jack Brooks moment I mean you could talk about you know, five wickets down at Guildford and various other things but for me it was that game against Warwickshire last season where he got the crowd going because that was a big game because I think we lost that was would have been eight losses in a row I think we lost four in the September the previous in the year and then three sorry Tom I'll, I'll shut up now but uh, <laughs> remind you about all these uh, losing streak but um, yeah. yeah and he just got it got the crowd going and all of a sudden the atmosphere just changed and he was running around the place like you know like a teenager doing the Ronaldo in front of the Somerset stand it was you know, just just an incredible uh, and he, he incredible does that every, every every wicket he takes and wicket. <laughs> yeah that's something I'll, I like I'll always you know be incredibly fond of you know those moments with Brooksy and he's capable of bowling those spells you know that would just uh, win you a game um I remember actually when I first sort of came into the team and playing against Brooksy and every every time he got a wicket he'd do a lap of the ground and every single player in the Yorkshire team would sort of line up behind him while he was going off <laughs> celebrating and um, yeah I remember that session against Warwickshire like incredibly well you know the sort of atmosphere that he built at the ground and it was just, it almost felt like he was going to get a wicket every ball. He was beating the bat and obviously taking the edge. Um, and his character is just so infectious. And I think you see how, you know, Somerset supporters, members, and of course, teammates loved Brooksy and um, incredible player and teammate again. A great mentor. I just, to... I just hope he gets a gig somewhere else. I think he wants to carry on playing for maybe for another season. And it would be good to see him, you know, Getting, getting maybe in the second division, because as Tom was saying, you know he's still a force to be reckoned with, with the new ball. Uh, he bowled, he bowled really well down at the Aegeus Bowl against Hampshire, in in uh, in the first innings, and was very unlucky. You know, Liam Dawson clearly caught and bowled and given not out. You know, and that that in a way changed the whole course of of that game of cricket. But I thought, you know, Brooks just getting over bowled. that, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was a shocking decision, but um, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a great bloke, Jack Brooks, and he's still a very good bowler. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still based in Oxford, isn't he? That's where his family is. So I, I suspect he'll be looking maybe if he does get a move somewhere a bit a bit closer to home because he's obviously got a a young yeah. family and and all that going on. But um, also, a Brooksy um, is a mentor to Lauren Filer. Is that right? He's doing a bit of work with her and also some of the other young Somerset bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. So Brooksy spent a little bit of time, um, majority in the off season, um, but he, I think he keeps tabs in the summer as well, um, working with the Storm and some of the women's team. And I think he's so passionate about the game in general um, and bowling. And I think he's going to have so much to to give when he does finally hang him up, if he ever does. Um, and yeah, obviously um, Lauren filer has gone to. To great heights with England recently and um, you know I think Brooksy's obviously spent a bit of time with the Storm Bowlers and, and with her so yeah look Brooksy's going to be an asset um, 
to whoever he works with and whatever he does in life I think yeah great stuff yeah and we certainly all uh, wish him well as we do uh, to uh, Steve Davis as well um did touch about your tenure as captain he's on seven years in the job is uh it's a pretty long time by uh, sort of modern cricket standards. Uh, we did have a couple of questions in uh, before we sort of said that you were coming on, indicating, have you still got the desire? Have you still got the passion? I mean, certainly watching you on the field, there's no uh, uh, no question in, in our minds that it, it, it's still there for you. Um, are we going to Is this an indefinite thing now? Sort of till you're 40, 45, we'll see you out there with the armband? <laughs> I don't know if, well, I don't know if the team would, would be very happy with that. Um, but no, look, I just I'm trying to just take things as it comes. You know, I at the forefront of everything. I I guess is is the team and what's right for the team and um, the passion is is unwavering for me. I think it's no sort secret my uh, love and like passion for Somerset cricket. I'm obviously a Taunton boy, and as a kid, I'd come and watch Somerset, and obviously now to be living my dream and and captain is, you know, that's not something I take for granted. Um, there's obviously testing times, you know, when when the team, you know, we don't maybe uh, perform as w- perform as well as we'd like to, and and individually, you know, I'm I'm very aware when I'm not playing as well as I'd like to, and I think, yeah, it obviously comes with its challenges, uh, but the passion and desires is certainly there. Um, yeah, as a captaincy is a funny thing. You obviously certainly feel it, um, probably more so, you know, every time you lose or or you don't make runs but equally I think the good times and the wins you know um, are incredibly satisfying so yeah I feel you know over the sort of uh, seven years there's been you know some incredible highs there's been some obviously some tough times um, but I think you've obviously got to go through some tough times to to um, to yeah enjoy enjoy those good moments I think you're going to carry on until carry on until we win the county championship. Well, I was just like going to say me, the same oh, thing about like you, Gibbo. You got to carry on till we win the championship as well. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the height of my ambition. You know, we win the championship. I call it. That's it. I retire. <laughs> I'd probably retire as well. But... <laughs> oh, great stuff. I mean, uh, talking about captaincy then, I mean, every every year Ben will put a tweet out saying that on this day, six, seven, eight years ago, young Tom Abel was um, appointed captain of Somerset CCC. And they, uh, it, uh, it doesn't look like, it just looks like your little brother or some sort of little, yeah, <laughs> it's a fresh-faced young man taking the reins at, uh, at Taunton yeah, all those I, years ago. Yeah, I never ago. looked forward to that picture being um, posted at... <laughs> Again. I mean, I mean, if if you were talking to your younger self, sort of seven years ago, what would your number one piece of advice be? My number one piece of advice. Good question. I think, to be honest, you don't you don't know what you're you're getting yourself in for. I was probably a little bit naive. Um, obviously, being a sort of twenty two year old, being asked to be captain, I. I'd had a little bit of experience, you know, at school and in the second team, but it was obviously a slightly different, different animal. Um, but yeah, I think it's obviously, it's just trying to stay as level as you possibly can, um, which is obviously easier said than done. I mean, I'm quite an emotional guy at the best of times. So, um, but yeah, the other thing is, it's very easy to sort of take things personally. Um, you know there's plenty of tough decisions that you have to make and 
you know, I'd love to be able to pick everyone, whereas you can obviously pick only ever pick 11 in the team. And, and that is always so tough on people. There's always people that warrant an opportunity or deserve to be playing. And sometimes you have to let them down. And we're all such a tight group that everyone, you know, everyone's pretty close friends. So um, personally, I'd say that's probably a pretty big challenge. Um, but having said that, you know, we've got a great group and um, I like to think we sort of communicate pretty well. But yeah, I guess it's obviously just enjoying the, the good times and and sort of we're never getting too high when when things are going well and and equally sort of trying to stay level when when you know you're maybe not playing as well as you'd want because um you know we all want to win every game but of course that's pretty difficult to do um so yeah i mean it's such an been it's such an involving thing you know every year there's different challenges and you know, you almost think after seven years it would it would get easier, but um, that's not necessarily the case. Um, just because it, it's different, and you're obviously trying to learn from previous experiences. Um, you know, as a young player, being captain of of my heroes, you know, the likes of Trez and Hildy and Triggs, and um, you know that was a challenge in itself. Whereas now, you know, you p- possibly you're presented with slightly different different challenges. So. Yeah, it's never it's never a constant. It's always evolving, and um, yeah, just sort of trying to ride the waves a little bit. I mean, it didn't take you long to win your first trophy, though the uh, the one day cup in uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, a memorable day at Lords. You made Gibbo miss his wedding anniversary, which he's uh, I've gathered he's still uh, <laughs> he's still not in the doghouse happy about. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a fantastic day at Lords, and one that you'll savour as captain for a long time. Oh, without a doubt, for the for the rest of my life. Um, obviously, when I was a young player, sort of coming into the team, plenty was made about um, Somerset's history, and obviously having been runners-up a few times in in various competitions. Um, but I remember sort of that year, it was a case of trying to trying to write our own history, and you know, as a group, I think we've been been performing pretty well across formats. Um, for for a period of time, and you know, we really felt connected as a group and and capable of of doing something special. And um, obviously, a young Bants, you know, had an incredible season. And um, yeah, similar to like the T20 this year, I think just the clarity and the trust we had amongst the group was was there. You know, I remember that Glamorgan game where you know. We were massively in the driving seat and then all of a sudden they had a 10th wicket partnership and it looked like um, the game was getting away from us. And then, you know, we got over the line and um, it was an incredible victory. And someone always stepped up and, yeah, just that period from quarterfinal to semifinal to the final, it just felt like we were unstoppable and we played such great cricket. We were enjoying playing together. Um and yeah, obviously that day at Lords, it couldn't have gone much better, to be honest. Um, the bowling attack were incredible, and yeah, I just had a sort of a spine-tingling moment um, when I was out in the middle with with Hildy, and you know we probably needed about twenty to win or something. And I just remember sort of looking down into the corner, um, and all the Somerset fans just sort of dancing and chanting and you know just uh celebrating and it was just 
you know, I just had to take a moment just to take it all in because it was surreal. And yeah, getting to share share that day and share that victory with, you know, the Somerset supporters, um, it just doesn't get any better. And, you know, I think we're so connected as a club, or I like to think we are anyway. Um, it was just one of the, you know, I didn't think it would ever get better, to be honest, uh, as a cricketer experiencing that. You know, my first experience of winning a trophy. Um, but yeah, obviously the T20 finals day wasn't too far off it. That was pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned being in the middle with Hildy, kind of knowing that you had victory in the bag and sort of seeing all the Somerset fans down in the corner there. That final against Essex was a completely different game. That was literally <laughs> touch and go. It could have gone either way until that ball finally nestled in Tom Cole and Cadmore's left, left mitt. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about sort of finals day and that final um, forever. And... I mean, just an incredible game, you know, just cricket in a nutshell, wasn't it? It sort of ebbed and flowed throughout the game. And I think the biggest thing I would say is in the semi and the final, obviously there was a, you know, we weren't sure what score of 140, um, how that how that was on that surface. and But at no stage was there any panic amongst the group. I think we always felt, we, we always genuinely believed that... Um, we had the quality, to, you know, both with the ball and in the field to to defend those scores, and we'd done it um, a couple of times in the group stages. Um, but of course, at finals day, we were so desperate, having been close the previous couple of years, to to really take that next step and and bring it home. Um, but even in I that thought, final, I thought the great thing about the I thought the great thing about that performance was how Somerset kept their nerve. You know, when Rossington was running riot at the start of the Essex innings, things looked really bad. But the whole side kept their nerve, took the wicket, brilliant catch from Casey Aldridge. And all through the run chase, they kept, you know, you kept your nerves, didn't get ahead of yourselves, didn't panic. And in the end, you know, got the rewards. I, I thought it was a superb performance in the field. And, and likewise, yeah, absolutely. Against, I, was, I was just going to say that actually about... Um... You know that period, the first couple of overs when Rossington and Lawrence obviously they came out very aggressive, looking to make the most of the power play because obviously I think um, they felt that was the best way of playing those conditions, try and sort of kill the game early, and then you know when the field gets spread, it would obviously make make their life a little bit easier if the run rate wasn't so high. And but yeah, I remember everyone still being incredibly calm despite yeah. sort of obviously the boundaries flowing those first couple of overs and look we'd played 16 17 games in that competition and we knew that you know Craig Henners Ish um, Greener Lewis they were all going to have their say and you know yeah it was just incredible and the game was just so tight it was um, all the way through and I just remember sort of Ish Ish came on and was bowling at Walter and obviously there was a slightly smaller side um, one side and you know in that moment you felt like this is the game here you know because Walter was without doubt going to try and take Ish down you know one, one six or a couple of boundaries and you know the game was probably massively in Essex's favour and I just remember thinking this is the game right here and again cre full credit to Ish and it's you know, to have that skill level under that sort of pressure is is absolutely insane. And you know, every single bowler stepped up under pressure and and made it happen. And 
obviously we took crucial wickets uh, at the most crucial of times um, but that oh, yeah I just felt that sort of came from the trust and the belief we built in the group you know again very very close and how we sort of performed through the group stages you know someone would always step up and, and win us the game so yeah just in- incredible and obviously such a defining moment wasn't it the catch you know winning winning the T20 competition um, was incredible in itself but for there to be a moment like there was with that catch I think mm-hmm. you know you Stunning. couldn't have asked for any anything more brilliant. absolutely brilliant and uh, it, it's just, I've just remembered actually that of course we defended a low total against Essex in the group stage as well at Taunton so I guess that was uh, in in the form book as well uh, Tom have you have you got a shoot or are you alright for another few minutes or no, I'm all right for a, a little bit, yeah. Okay, good stuff. Um, I was just going to ask, really, um, just sort of going back to when you started off as captain, then you were predominantly a, a Red Bull player, and you've now grown into, um, you know, bar a really unfortunate side injury, what would have been an international white ball player. Um, how's that kind of developed for yourself over the years? Yes, been a pretty sort of strange career, I'd say, in terms of, I didn't really ever think about playing white ball cricket. I was pretty in, you know, set in my ways. I was an opening batter and um, didn't sort of deviate too far from from trying to do my job at the top of the order. Um, And I guess, yeah, it's funny how things evolve. I ended up sort of batting at three and then moving into the middle order. And I guess my role sort of slightly shifted. Um... And then, of course, you know, I wanted to play all formats for Somerset and I had to find a way of, of trying to score quickly in white ball cricket because that's not something that necessarily comes naturally to me. Um, you know, I don't park the ball out of the stands like some of the other boys. Um, and for me, that was a case of, you know, playing spin, sweeping, reverse sweeping. I played a lot of hockey when I was younger and that was, I guess, my, my sort of way and scooping things like that I had to try and find a new way and um, yeah it's, it's funny how things happen because there's times when you know it seems to be going well and you know you're pretty clear in in terms of how you want to go about things in white ball cricket and there's you know plenty of times when you know you overthink things and probably aren't as clear about how you want to play um, I'd love, yeah, my, my love to see you playing that inside out Drive off drive over the top of the extra inside cover. Out lofted extra cover drive. Now, yeah. That to me is the Tom Abel signature white ball shot. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's um, yeah, I obviously uh, enjoy playing that shot as well. I think it's a bit of a go-to of mine. But yeah, I, I was just going to say that my probably, you know, when I look at or judge myself, you know, I probably most harshly criticise my myself. Um, from a, a Red Bull cricket point of view, that's where I set my standard and, you know, probably have my highest expectations. And, you know, my, I guess my biggest ambitions are probably Red Bull cricket and I want to be be the best player that I can um, in championship cricket, first and foremost. But of course, obviously want to try and um, perform in, in T20 cricket as well. It's not sort of taking away from that. But yeah, I guess... Um, my Red Bull cricket is, is I would say, my priority. Um, but that is a challenge, of course. And, yeah, it's so easy to, like, overthink and um, you're always tr- sort of trying to find 
a solution. Um, but yeah, it's sort of, I see them as two very separate entities, you know, my, my red ball batting and my white ball batting. Um, you know, at, at times when I've maybe had a little bit of success in white ball cricket, it's, you know, been almost carefree and, you know, you're trying to play your shots and, um, whereas it's very difficult to, to be, to have that sort of mindset in red ball cricket because, you know, it requires a huge more amount of discipline and temperament, um, back, I think batting at the top of the order in red ball cricket. And yeah, I guess I'm always intent on trying to sort of do my job as best as I can at the top of the order. Do you have any, do you make any technical changes between red ball and white ball? Not so much. I mean, to be honest in white ball cricket, I'd try not to think too technically. Um, and in Red Bull cricket, yeah, I mean, always tampering, always changing things. Um, never happy. Ne haven't been happy for the last 10 or 11 years. But, yeah, you're always sort of um, trying to tamper with, you know, little technical things and mindset shifts, things like that. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's, it's a case of trying to be clear and trying to be nice and still when you're batting. Um, you can think so technically, but, you know, you want to give yourself the best chance of watching the ball and and being still so um, yeah again I do see them you know pretty separately I probably think a little bit more deeply and technically in terms of red ball cricket um, whereas white ball cricket a case of trying to play the situation and um, just trying to hit the gaps I think my favourite memory of, of your white ball batting was in a T20 at uh, Taunton against Surrey last year I think you a couple of extra cover drives for four off the spin I think it might have been Moriarty and they moved deep point up to extra cover and I thought I know exactly what he's going to do here yeah. and you, what did you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah reverse sweep for four right in that sweep, gap sorry, yeah. so yeah so I mean, that, I mean that's in a way that that's just as important as, as skill in, in in white ball cricket as being able to, to you know biff it 15 rows back is you know to hit the gaps and, and manoeuvre the field and, and get the gaps where you want them I guess yeah, and I guess that's probably been my role a little bit um, within the team is, you know, we've got guys that are um, incredibly gifted at sort of, you know, taking the attack to the opposition, hitting boundaries, um, you know, and I, I always sort of watch them play and I wish I could do that. But of course, the, probably the most important thing is trying to sort of, you know, accept who I am as a player and try and um, play that role as best I can, you know. So for me, it's a case of, limiting dots you know taking as many twos as I can and then when my opportunity comes to try and hit boundaries you know try and take advantage of that but yeah again I've you know I've probably um pretty disappointed in terms of my my own performances in this T20 comp this year but I guess that's the beauty of playing a team sport and being part of a team is you know we've all got each other's backs and ultimately uh when you win a competition you you uh you're pretty happy, so. Yeah, I mean, I think your certainly your contributions uh, with the bat, uh, yeah, well, as good as they were in previous years, but certainly nothing to be sniffed at. And of course, the fielding as well, yourself and Craigo and everybody else patrolling the boundary, just uh, that was as big a reason as any why that trophy's uh, come back down the M5 to Taunton. It's just the incredible yeah. fielding for it's, you guys. Actually, so many people you talk to about Somerset cricket, it's obviously 
people talk about our fielding probably as much as our, our sort of batting and bowling and yeah we certainly pride ourselves it does help when you've got like you know guys like Craig that you know you're gun bowlers but they're they're also your best fielders you know I think that's a luxury that a lot of teams would like to have and to be honest I'm in awe of those boys because you know there's times when I'm at, you're absolutely knackered fielding in the deep it, obviously there's a lot of running involved and it can be pretty intense and I think to sort of bowl four overs at the intensity they do is on top of that is is a serious effort but yeah that, I guess that's just testament to to those guys really best um, fielding side and the noisiest fielding side as well <laughs> in county cricket some said <laughs> yeah you make I mean, you do you do you do g them up you know <laughs> you've got a good loud voice as well <laughs> and it echoes around whatever ground it is, particularly the big test arenas when there's nobody there. <laughs> and yeah. particularly during the COVID, COVID year when, you know, it was... Yeah, I remember that. It's very strange. I don't know if it does anything for the bowlers or the, the rest of the team, but yeah, they probably want me to shut up most of the time, but there we go. <laughs> um, one thing on your whiteboard cricket, Tom, against Worcester in the plague year, that shot you invented, you've got to give it a name. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Was it the like the flick over the keeper? Yeah, well, the way you went for that the oh, it was a scoop or something. Then he bowled you. It was a slow ball bounce, and it was a straight bat reverse back over the keeper's head for. I think it was just for four, but the floor is yours. I mean, I I can't give that a name. It's just a reverse scoop, I guess. Or the Abe didn't scoop. Look, it did. It didn't look the best, but. Ultimately, it's, I guess it's about trying to get the ball to the boundary, however you can. But I, yeah, I'd, I'd have to to think about a name. I, I couldn't tell you right now. Okay. Well, uh, for our two hundredth episode, uh, you can pop on and uh, and yeah. uh, and let us know. Um, I think I've exhausted my list of questions. I'm just having a look here. Um, I was debating whether to mention this or not, but I'm going to. Um, do you remember playing against Kent in 2016 at the Cooper Associates County Ground? It was a very rainy April early on. Uh, championship cricket? Championship game, yeah. Um, it was first or you, second game of the season? 2019. Yeah. You it, was, got... it, was, it was 2019, not 2016. 20, oh, what did I say? Lewis Gregory took five... Uh, not very many yeah Mitchell Clayton snicked you off yeah I, uh, yeah I remember do you, do you remember if a, a, a small child around the vicinity of Richard Bryce's box might have shouted out come on Somerset just as uh, just as Mitchell was letting go of the ball I mean if I was facing I probably <laughs> I was probably too worried about what was coming down at me at oh the time. fair enough because that that was my little boy that did that I was Oh, it, really? say, come on Somerset and he finally did it at, at the wrong time but that has assuaged my guilt after all these years Tom that it uh, you were too too much in the zone for it to have, uh, have uh, distracted I wish I could use that it. as an excuse but I can't <laughs> okay oh brilliant well I'll let him know it's his birthday today he's, uh, he's nine today bless him now I'll uh, say happy birthday I will do um, yeah I mean Dan Ben you've obviously sat here quite quietly normally uh, gone through a lot you've got any uh any questions for Tom? I mean, obviously, Ben, you're slightly different because you sort of see him at work every day. I wouldn't imagine you kind of follow him around going, uh, Tom, what's your happiest moment in the cricket field? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had, uh, had plenty of interviews over the years, haven't we, Tom? With, uh, that, so, uh... Yeah, uh, Ben, you've probably seen me at my worst when I get out and things. So... Oh, 
it was um it was that day at scarborough that, that was the the toughest toughest one i think i can recall yeah the less said about that the better i think <laughs> that month wasn't wasn't our finest we've had some good ones as well haven't we and after uh, wins and that yeah Dan, sorry, you sat there quite patiently for the last 40 odd <laughs> minutes. Yeah, but one question I would like to ask Tom. Yeah, another Kent game, uh, 2018 T20 at Canterbury, when you came in towards the end of the innings um, and it was, you know, we needed quick runs. Um, and Jason Kerr sort of later said that it was kind of a learning experience for you, the sort of you coming in there and the decision to send you in. Do you think you did learn from that and it helps you sort of develop your, your white ball game? I think honestly this game that you talk about I remember it like it was yesterday and I think genuinely it's a memory that will like haunt me forever <laughs> um, because <laughs> I, it was up. my first no 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 I mean genuinely I think about it most days to be honest um, <laughs> but it was my first year playing uh, T20 cricket I think and I can remember everything about it because um, I, I was incredibly conscious about my white ball cricket and you know my ability to score quickly um, and yeah that, that was incredibly deep rooted and probably still is to be honest um, but yeah I was obviously still pretty young pretty fresh into the T20 environment and I think it was probably I think the game was televised it was my first game on TV Um and it was a high scoring game. I think they got two, three, five or something like that. Um, and we got very close. Brilliant game of cricket, I think. Lewis Gregory, Lewis Gregory got 45 or 15 yeah. balls, yeah. And I was obviously de- at the other end desperately trying to sort of get it away, but I couldn't. Um, you know, the harder I tried, the sort of worse it was getting. And, you know, I just remember feeling awful and incredibly responsible and. Yeah, it's um, it's a memory that you know pr- probably drives me, and um, you know it's still, to be honest, at the forefront of my mind. But yeah, I got back on the bus because I think we were top of the group, um, but we were obviously desperate for a a home semi final, and I didn't know you know what the connotations were and whether that would have cost us um, a home semi. As it played out, I don't think it it mattered and didn't change anything. But yeah, I remember getting back on the bus and. Um, just because it was televised, um, you know, getting messages, obviously, like letting you know how terribly done, and you know, I felt bad enough as it was, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I was very fortunate to have like a support network. You know, players, coaches, sort of certainly supported me through that um, game and that time. And uh, we had the quarterfinal was the next game I think against Knotts and you know luckily I managed to sort of have a bit of a partnership with Louis and I think I guess that was probably the learning was you know that it's not going to be your day every day and you know you've got the ability and um, you can do it and it's sort of you know because I was very sort of um, what's the word disheartened after that game of course um, very conscious about about my sort of white ball cricket but yeah I guess that was the beauty of having those sort of people around me to try and pick me up and ultimately what mattered was the next game the quarter final and and we had an incredible win against Knotts um, 
But yeah, I, I guess as learning experiences go, that probably didn't get much harsher for me. Um, and yeah, I guess that probably, that experience pushed me to, I guess, try and take my game to a ne- new level because obviously I never want to be in that position again. Um, but I still think at times, you know, you might be next into bat. I still think, Christ, like, <laughs> you know, I never, I never want to experience that again. Um, so, yeah, I guess it was a massive learning experience for me. Yeah, I mean, certainly your, your white ball game did go to another level the following year, I think. Um, so, it, you know, it just seemed to have an impact. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, ne- you never sort of know how those experiences affect you. I, I mean, to be honest, I would have much rather got 40 off 20 balls and we'd have won the game, you know, and then... But, you know, it's obviously a, a little bit of a cliche. Everyone talks about you learning more from your sort of mistakes and... Um, and your bad, your bad, your bad times. Um, but I guess in terms of obviously my character, I, that was probably as as tough as it. Well, I do think about actually when I dropped myself as captain, that was pretty dark as well. Um, but I guess if you can sort of come through these experiences, hopefully it it stands you in good stead. And yeah, obviously you try not to to be that in those positions too often. Brilliant stuff. Um... Just a couple more questions for me. Uh, what's your favourite cider? So obviously you need to know that. To uh... Thatcher's, of course. Uh, which Thatcher's? Not that I drink in the summer, but... Um, <laughs> go Thatcher's Gold. Thatcher's Gold. Are you, have you, you, need to get, you need to get to grips with the, the full range of Thatcher's. Or uh, Gibbo, Gibbo's frowning. Gibbo's a massive cider snob. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually like the, the Thatcher's Lemon. That's... That's pretty nice drop. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not everyone's probably an acquired taste, but at least it, at least it's not such as blood orange. <laughs> no, I've, I've still not tried yeah. that, but uh, out of season will get you on the proper stuff. But I guess there is no kind of real out of season uh, for you. you. You're going to be around the world uh, in any sort of franchise leagues this year. What's what's kind of confirmed and what what drafts are you in? Yeah, I've got no no real plans. Um, I'm certainly going to be here until Christmas. Um, so yeah, we have October off, and then we we will start back early November. Um, so yeah, I'm actually sort of quite looking forward to a period of time to work on my game, and um, and then I'm off to South Africa in January, I think, um, as things stands um, with the T20 competition out there. I was fortunate to be a part of the group. Um, this, uh, in January last year but had to sort of leave halfway through to go and play um, in Sri Lanka with the Lions um, so yeah fortunately enough been given the opportunity to go back with that with the team there and then so, after that you're, you're going to come back and speak to the West of England Cricket Society aren't you in Bath I am <laughs> you need to email me Anthony <laughs> I will email you again just to remind you. Thank you. <laughs> We're very much looking forward to uh, to hearing from you. Well, best of luck in South Africa. Uh, that was the competition where Mark Nicholas was calling you Tom Abel. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah we, need to, we need to get that sorted. So, yeah, get your agent just to drop a line to, to Nico just to, to sort that out. Um, and final question, Tom. I'm going to set my, this might set Gibbo off his long run. Is it a dragon or is it a wyvern? You know what? We actually did a piece on this like at the start of the year, like um, 
as a group we all sort of got given a bit of a challenge and like all to do with Somerset history and um, my group was sort of the Somerset uh, Wyvern or Dragon um, and I did like quite a bit of research into it but it's, yeah I think officially it is a dragon isn't it Cause a, absolutely a right has... spot on <laughs> but we're obviously passionate about the Wyvern so <laughs> Very, very diplomatic answer. Absolutely. A fine answer from a fine diplomat and a fine captain. Uh, um, I've got one more question from the listeners, uh, Abe's. Uh, apparently we're signing Jake Ball. Is that is that true? Can you confirm that? Can we have an Always Look on the Bright Side of Life exclusive? I mean, I couldn't tell. Just news to me. But, uh, I mean, okay. the rumour mills are pretty interesting place, isn't it? Yeah, rumours. <laughs> well, it was the same, the same rumour mill that... Uh, uh, I'd uh, heard about Curtis Camper from so it would be a good signing though I think I mean uh, all, all sort of joking and, and rumours aside it's um, or if he stays fit oh you say that about everybody so negative honestly <laughs> stop being so negative Anthony he's an ex-international well, bowler he's a fine fit at the Cooper Associates I know, but he's had he's had a history of fitness problems sounds like you know more than me so I'd have to have a word with Sarge <laughs> But in, 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 I mean, kind of in, in terms of recruitment, then, because obviously, you know, us kind of playing, you know, in the old club background, the captain will go off and approach players. Um, I would imagine that you're not kind of directly involved in that. Is it kind of indirectly with with um, sort of Sergeant Jay? So you kind of go in. I think we should, you know, he's he's a good player. I, I, you know, I think we should go after him. How's how's it the sort of the recruitment process kind of work? Certainly for sort of domestic players. Yeah, again, I'd say it's probably the three of us. Um, we have a pretty close sort of working relationship. Um, probably spend a bit too much time together. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about, um, obviously, where we're at at the moment and where we feel like we need to improve and potentially recruit, um, if that's the case. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty fascinating, really, because there's so many different um, variables and different dynamics that you've got to contend with. Um, but I, yeah, it's um, it's always very interesting discussing these sorts of things. But of course, ultimately, Sarge's director of cricket, um, that falls on his his um, shoulders. Uh, but yeah, there's certainly input from my side, from Jason's side, and and obviously Sarge himself. So, um, hopefully, uh, yeah, with the th- the three of us, you come up with some decent, you know, ideas and. And targets, um, but obviously, I'm sure you'll all have your own opinions. <laughs> uh, so, you, Tom Abel, now you got blank checkbook. Who are you buying out of their contract and getting to Taunton for next year? Good question, um, Matt Henry. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt, Henners. I'd give him anything. He's um. <laughs> Oh my lord! Just best I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, and brilliant. what a, a guy as well. Um, yeah, he was an absolute dream. So, yeah, I'd give up everything I had for Henness. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, fantastic stuff. Um, I think we're all done from our our listeners' questions. Oh, uh, we've got to give you. Should we give him one from Grumpy Git Gibbo? If you like. <laughs> 
He's Dave He's from Cork. Yes, Dave from Cork. He tweets under the name of X Grumpy Git, and uh, you know what? Imagine you don't obviously listen to Gibbo's commentary during you know, the championship games, but every hour, pretty much regularly on the hour, he loves a moan. Will Goldsworthy and Banton stay? Do we recruit bats from outside? How do we bolster our bowling? How long we will continue with the hurry-cur definition of success? We will not win or even come close to winning the championship under this regime, conveniently ignoring the fact that we have actually come very close to winning the county championship under this regime. Uh, I mean... There's a lot of that on the Somerset Cricket Supporters Facebook. There is, which is why I didn't post it. You were coming on, Tom, because we would have had a list of questions a mile long from the uh, yeah. the usual suspects on social media so uh, I yeah. do uh, I mean uh, but that, that's yeah. obviously like of course I mean look, we're all very passionate about the club and sort of want to win and I think that's probably obviously you know one of the unique and special things about our club is is the genuine passion and care and, and people want to see Somerset, Somerset succeed and yeah. and you know we're, we're all part of that as well um, but of course yeah I mean as you alluded to there, there have been times in the not too distant past, you know, when we have been right there and thereabouts in in the championship. Um, and look, the sooner we can get back to competing at the top, the better. Um, so hopefully right. it's you know, not far away. Quite right. And we'll make Grumpy get slightly less Grumpy. And we've been that, in the first is, division. We've been in the first that, division that longer true. than any other club. Yeah, and I would just also say that is, you know, a priority for us is, you know, trying to compete at the top in championship cricket. So a lot of our conversations, a lot of our thinking, um, everything we talk about, it's all around or geared to, um, of course, we want to be successful in all formats, but um, a lot of the conversations that happen are around trying trying to get us back to the top of the championship. Quite right. Great stuff. Well... Let's hope it happens for us next year. Then we definitely get rid of Gibbo. Hopefully he'll stay on Tom as championship winning skipper. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Now we've got... Uh, well, we've done all the listeners' questions. Um, have we all picked our teams for tomorrow? Well, there are two... You know, there are a couple of <laughs> difficult decisions for Tom and Co to make. You've got... Yeah. You've got Lamon B. Goldsworthy and, uh, and Banton. Maybe to choose two of those. And... and Josh Davy or Jack Brooks, I guess, is the other one, which would be interesting. I think Jack Brooks have a big final farewell, hurrah, at Taunton. Yeah, but the rest yeah, of the I team more or less speaks itself, I think. I think so. I did wonder with the with the rain I'm gonna around. Put in a, I'm going to take the opportunity to put in a good word for Tom Banton. I'd love to see Tom Banton back in the championship side. He's worked so hard on his red ball cricket. And he was so much improved this year in white ball cricket in the T20 as compared with last year. I mean, I'm not, you know, and I like the guy, and I just like to see. He, last innings he played, he got 100, Chelmsford, and, and he hasn't played since. And equally, Lewis Goldsworth, he got 94 down at Canterbury at the end of last season in the first innings, and nobody else got any runs at all. So, you know, be good to see either of, of those two get a game at last I like them both, and they're both good not players. I'm not expecting Honestly, do not play poker with Tom Abel. He's absolutely. I asked Jason. I asked Jason Kerr that, but not Tom. No, that's fine. I'm rubbish at poker. You can see. Oh, fantastic bluffer though, by the looks of it. Um, I think we're done. 
Yep, just in time for supper. Oh, just in time for supper. Tom, thanks ever so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if you ever fancy, it's all mine. Thanks for having me on, and it's good to to chat all things Somerset cricket with you all. So, brilliant. Thank you. Great stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's normally at this time where we wish uh, Tom Abel and the boys best of luck in their uh, upcoming championship fixture. But we can do it in person, Tom. Uh, have a good game over the next uh, few days. Make sure you take your brollies and your wellies and the cards and the PlayStation for the dressing room, probably on days two, three and four, because it's not going to be a dry one by the looks of things. Tuesday, it looks like it's going to be the best day, so uh, shall we see you all at the Cooper Associates Canter Ground over the next few days, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Ships. Cheers, everyone.